Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome again to today's Arctic News Podcast. I'm here again live at uh, Force Point uh, in the offices down in Cork. And I am here talking with uh, Mar- Margaret Cunningham from Force Point about psychology. How are you doing, Margaret? I'm doing well. How are you? Great, thanks. So, tell us a bit about what you do with psychology to make sure that Force Point knows uh, what's real and what's fake. Oh, what's real and what's fake. Uh, I'll pull that back one step and say, how does the Force Point strategy support decision making? And when I say decision making, I mean in the security centers in the boardroom, and at our keyboards. So what are we building to help people perform better aided by technology? Yeah. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, we have all of these different ways to make decisions. And most of the time, uh, one of our strategies is to go out and collect information. Yeah. I'm like, I've got a problem. Let me Google that. Uh, I've got a problem. Let me hunt through this data. Let me search through my email. And that can be a problem, especially when we have uh, specific types of threat questions mm-hmm. that we're trying to answer with data manually. Like, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a human hunting through. Um, what we can do now is uh, provide a support system for human decision-making using behavioral analytics. Yeah, because I'm thinking, of, for example, like years ago, if you're thinking of someone wants to break into a building, they set the fire alarm, but maybe eight times in a, in a better week. And after all, the police think it's, it's actually no one's there, and then eight times they break in. And if somebody gets sent an email over numerous times, after a while, they, they presume it's what it is, let it go. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, one of the phenomenons that is uh, really prevalent in all high risk industries, including healthcare air traffic control, uh, people working in a a security operations center, it's that they are bombarded all day with alerts, uh, warnings, banners, click this, and it just becomes this uh, white noise. And so when it's alert, 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 nothing stands out anymore, and that becomes a risk in itself because we miss things because we cannot pay attention to that many uh, signals at one time. Yeah. And so um, as we become a little bit better at consolidating data, yeah. we can provide information to people at a higher level of abstraction, which means fewer alerts during the course of a day. And the alerts have more meaning. Because I guess if you get an email from your boss, that's, it says from your boss, <laughs> you're going to panic and you're going to respond to it right away. Those. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. No. I saw one from, from Dilbert a few years ago where uh. somebody said, I, I wanna, I've got a new way of making money. So he sends an, an, an email to his boss, which is Dilbert's boss, says, uh, I am your bank. I need your details to fill this in. And uh, he said, and the, the guy said, well, I want mean, to get someone gullible to fill it in. And the boss sees it in this clicks and gives away all his data because people have got so much coming through, they don't bother checking. Yeah, so um, there's two specific types of mistakes that people make. Um, one is perceptual, yeah. where I'm thinking, oh 
yeah, that seems like it's from my boss. So I'm perceiving it as safe, Yeah. right? But then there's also uh, memory and attention errors. Like, oh, whoops, I just clicked it. Oh, I didn't mean to. Um, because you just aren't paying attention. And honestly, email is a rote task at this point. I could probably, you know, click through my email box in 15 minutes yeah. because we do it all day, every day. Yeah. Uh, it's like tying your shoes. So because we can check out while we're doing it, we have the double down. Yeah. Uh, perceptual error on top of an attention error. And yeah. then the people sending us things, when they really, really, really want to take advantage of our humanness, uh, they manipulate our emotions. I need this right now or this is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, if you don't respond, then you lose access. If you don't send this, uh, your account will be locked. And that sense of urgency is uh, highly emotional. And when we get into that emotional state, uh, we make decisions differently. And guess who understands that? You do. Ah, no, I do. But yeah. the people who are, who are looking to get our information yeah. do. And as security companies, we can do much better at um, using different types of strategies like uh, sentiment, uh, finding key urgency phrases, uh, and pairing that with the sender information or some of the metadata that's embedded in that email and say, hey, you know what? That's never going to reach your desk. Yeah. Also, I've seen it, like we, earlier you spoke about, uh, in a talk earlier, you spoke about how your eyes see things. Now, at times you're going to have a scenario where you get a sentence and it doesn't, and not all the words are there. But when you look at it, your eyes see the full sentence and you get that in, in some emails coming through. And because you don't notice spelling mistakes, you're going to let it go through. Yeah, and you know, um, human beings are absolutely amazing at filling in the blanks. Yeah. Okay? Uh, if we had to process every bump and bruise on the highway when driving, we wouldn't be able to do it. So we connect the dots, we make sense of the context because it allows us to do things quickly. Wonderful. We wouldn't make it without that. Yeah. But when it comes to um, security and emails, we, we get in trouble. Yeah. The same things that make us amazing also make us uh, a little bit... Um, clumsy. Uh, we'll say clumsy. Yeah. Sure. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I guess what you're doing here is you're making sure these mistakes don't happen too often for your clients. So essentially, um, I'm taking my expertise in understanding human behavior human cognition yeah. and um, how we interact with technology to find creative ways to use what we're good at and what technology is good at, which is uh, big numbers, dealing with probabilities, uh, presenting things in uh, meaningful visual displays, and using what we can do with technology's strength to support people to make better security yeah. solutions. And I guess also at times you might actually be thinking of new ways that, that they can exploit you and be prepared for that. Uh, I do love to play the devil's advocate. Yeah. I love to think about what would it take to get this precious thing from a company? How would I get there? Yeah. How would I get there, right? And people do this for a living. They create um, 
open source intelligence strategies and taxonomies and, and how do I find out more about Margaret and her role at Force Point and who she's friends with and how they access, right? Yeah. So um, when we're building solutions, we cannot be naive about the expertise of others, yeah. which is getting in. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm thinking as well, basically, that uh, they might send a thousand emails to a company, and one one in a thousand <laughs> will actually will get in, and they're back in that one in a thousand. That's a lot of emails. Yeah, but if you've got a big company worldwide, I'm talking about, like, in, your offices are worldwide, and you, you send mm-hmm. a thousand emails, you know one in one thousand will get through. It's all they need. It it really is a numbers game. Yeah. Um, and and they're succeeding, right? Right. Yeah. So. How can we create additional layers of resilience? It's not just a flat wall. It's, it's a really, it's a striving for systemic resilience through technology and through human interaction with technology. Yeah. And, and it, there are so many um, avenues that I feel optimistic about that relationship. I guess because AI machine learning has become more advanced and cheaper to use it's, that's going to help you guys a lot? Um, you know, I think it, it comes down to the judicious use of various types of machine learning. Yeah. And knowing when and knowing why. Uh, just because you can doesn't mean you should, yeah. as we all know. Um, but there are also other straightforward, rule-based or statistical ways to deal with many different types of threats. So... Um, Knowing when to optimize the use of those strategies and understanding the role of expert subject matter expertise mm-hmm. is is critical. Yeah, and I'm thinking a bit of topic. If someone like young was alive today, how would he well would he be doing it with this? Okay. So Carl Jung would be the master security expert. Why? Because he believed in finding and exploring the dark side and the light side. Everything is dichotomous, all right? Yeah. It is the anima, the animus. It Mm -hmm. is the persona and the shadow. And that speaks so much to how technology can represent one person in multiple ways. And so if we can explore humanity by exploring all of the highs and lows, all of the beautiful things and all of the really nasty things, uh, we will have a better sense of how to use data, people, yeah. and tech for good. Yeah, because I guess in the moment, you said uh, dark and light, I'm thinking of Star, of Star, Star Wars. <laughs> you got the dark side, you got the light side. So yeah, one, we have that too. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so one's going to be a Jedi and one's, one's going to be a Sith. Everybody has a Jedi yeah. in them and everybody has a Sith in them. Yeah, it's trying to. We all have it. Yeah, we all have it. I guess it's programming which one comes out. <laughs> and but certain emails you get, you're gonna you're gonna bring out the dark side. Uh, I would think so. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of interesting if you think about it. I, I actually just I didn't think of that until now. We mentioned dark side. Like, yeah, I'm thinking of something of uh, all the new stars maybe later in the year. Rise of Skywalker. I'm thinking, well, is that going to be is that going to be good or bad? We don't know what it means yet, but. That means that either his light side or his dark side has come out. And which kind of worker is it? We don't know. But again, it's a bit like with cybersecurity, you don't know what happens. Each day is a new day. It certainly is. And you don't, you don't know what's gonna, what to expect next. And there's always going to be some new things around the corner you hadn't, hadn't anticipated. 
Like I'm looking at, for example, right now, a lot of it is, is now based on some it's biometrics. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of harder to actually uh, to replicate. Um, biometrics is an enormous field. Yeah. Uh, many great applications. Yeah. And many applications that worry people. And maybe for good reason. Um, I think it's it's so new in how broadly we're applying it that uh, we will see. Yeah. There could be some instances where just because we should doesn't mean... Yeah. I mean, we could. Doesn't mean we should. Yeah. And uh, I think we're going to continuously find that with all of our technology innovations. Because yeah, I saw one recently, mm-hmm. MasterCard have got a thing now, they got a ring you wear on your finger. And that ring is linked to your, to your uh, heart rate. Mm-hmm. And because your heart rate is unique to you, it can then tell whenever, whenever, wherever you're using that ring, if you go like buying something or going to a building, if that heart rate doesn't match the one they've got on file, they know it's not you. Hmm. And that's kind of scary because if you got all the kind of personal data, you said, should it be used not been, or not used? And that's something that's scary because you've got all this data but you flying around. And again, if that gets breached, which could happen one day, you just don't know. Yep. <laughs> that one I don't have an answer for you. No. It's it's a you know, it's a real concern and I think that um as people become more savvy, as people purchase more technology, which yeah. we're all doing, um we're it's becoming a general consensus that the amount of data that we generate as people can be worrisome. Yeah. Um because of how it's used. Yeah, I've seen if you go in certain airlines, they say each person carries with them one terabyte of data. And, 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 and they're trying to figure out how do we use this data <laughs> for good, not bad. It's an endless opportunity. Yeah, so I think KLM <laughs> had an idea where they're going to use it where you can go and do dating online. So they would pick your data and then they would, they would assign you a seat with somebody you think you might hook up with. Ah, and that's oh. and I, I found that kind of strange because you, because it's he, a little strange. Yeah, because a you don't strange. you don't know much about the person and their whatever the software you're using to analyze it. I don't know how it works to find out what kind of pressure works because it can't see you can't tell your persona from from what what you've done unless it's going through your social media accounts and going through back and find stuff like well, when you were when you were a child you did something that that says serial killer like I say <laughs> they say like if someone is is a child and and abused or killed animals. That's what can later in life they're going to become a serial killer. Mm-hmm. But unless someone's posting on social media, they're not really going to know anything about this and think, how does it work? Yes. That's, a, that's a weird one that, that would, would scare me. Some of the um, challenges that we have are um, certain people generate more data than others. Yeah. So if you are a person with an absence of data, how do you make meaning of that? Yeah. And, and should you, right? Yeah. Should you? So there's... There are a lot of um, ethical implications and real um, questions and thought that has to go into what we do with people. Yeah. So I got a friend who, who's mm-hmm. uh, he's not online. He's, he's a Gmail address, no social media accounts. <laughs> he is not on LinkedIn. And it's, you can only find him uh, by his email address, nothing else. So basically he's, he's off the grid. And that's people you got to wonder, are they off the grid for a reason? Or, <laughs> well, for him, because he has social media, he doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. Others are using that as well because I don't want to be caught. Or it's mm-hmm. because they have an alias. And that alias has then been used for nefarious means because you, you can't find who they are. There are all types out there. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm sure we could spend all night talking about all the different no, types. we could go for all day. Yeah. Anyway, thanks very much for that, yeah, Margaret. Yeah, thank you so much. And great to have your wonderful insights on that. Thanks.